maybe I should have just acted on the crush and show her a little lovey-dovey. Did she ever cook you dinner? No. And she said roasted chicken. Roasted chicken? <laughs> yeah, send me home. You know what? That was a good idea. I'm Joey Nolte, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And I'm Entertainment Weekly's news director, Jillian Cedarholm. And whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be there with open arms and open eyes. It's no anomaly to say, I wish you were here. That goes out to all my girlies who knew this week's special guest judge and are still wondering why the hell he was there. Well, that that group does not include me. I still have no idea what you just said or who that man was. Um, But I can say that I do know together. Jillian and I are proud co-conspirators of, I think, the third consecutive week of crime on EW's Quick Drag podcast. Uh, I also have to tell you that Jillian is, uh, in fitting fashion, literally sitting here wearing a recreation of Jimbo's Trixie Mattel look. It is a full floral face covering with eyes and a mouth, but they are not pearls. They are just pieces of paper taped to her face. You don't have to give away all my secrets. <laughs> this is Jillian's level of commitment. I shucked these pearls myself. You or whatever you do pearls? with pearls. Wake up, Pearl. Um, but I do have to inform our listeners, there are currently multiple warrants out for my arrest as we attempt another feat of law-obliterating acrobatics at the Tuckahoe National Bank, where we are live broadcasting simultaneously as we attempt to break into the vault containing all of Lala Ree's stolen contraband she took from the All-Stars 8 lipstick voting room. Jillian, how is progress going on that door over there? Joey, in the beginning of this podcast, I wrote you a secret note about how I thought we would get out of here, and you never <laughs> replied. So now I don't know what I'm going to do. Not joking, bitch. <laughs> Well, Jillian, I think I, I, I do have, well, I have no recollection of that note. I do think you might really need to throw your stink finger into it. Like, I'm very elegant. Oh my God. Wait, Jillian, it does, it, hold on. It does appear that U.S. National Security Advisor Sherry Coleman has detected our presence and is currently careening toward us in her golf cart. Jillian, run! I'm just securing the premises. I don't know why they put my name in it. Jillian, our dark days of crime have landed us in this broom closet where they have stored Alaska's unused winner's box for this week's design challenge. This is so stupid. Let's climb inside so we can securely record this episode. But don't touch me when we're in there. You're not allowed to touch me. What's in the box? (laughs) It's f***ing really 
fucking sucks a lot. Indeed, it does suck, Alaska, both that your box was not part of this episode, more on that later, but also this marks probably the most painful traditional All-Stars elimination of the season so far, I think we can both agree, as our beloved Lala Ree dramatically left after Alexis Michelle pulled her lipstick, despite seemingly multiple several many times telling her that she would save her after Lala re-saved her last week. We will get into all of that on this week's episode, and we'll also have an interview with Lala herself later, but we're going to begin this episode with the introduction of yet another design challenge. And Jillian, I hear you have a conspiracy update. Yes, I wanted to update our listeners from last week uh, before we dive into the challenge. I know I brought up that I spotted half of James's stuff uh, appearing to still be in the workroom when the other queens came back in. And so I watched this episode with a close eye. And at the beginning, uh, when they enter, you can see... Well, it looks like you can't really see anything right now. Are you sure about that close eye? (laughs) Well, hey, even with this mask on, I can still spot this stuff. Um, But in the beginning of this episode, when they enter the workroom to count the lipsticks, you can clearly see half of Kahana's stuff in the background uh, during the vote. And then when they walk through the door, uh, coming back in from the lip sync first time, the wig that Kahana left for Lala is not visible on Lala's shelf. Uh, but when they come in the next morning, uh. it was there. So I guess this is just how they do it for production reasons or whatever. And it will be very easy for all of us to spot next episode because Lala's shelf is the very first one to the left when you're looking at your TV screen when they walk through the door. So you will notice that it will, I'm predicting, be half empty next week. Um, but I still want to know if Lala ever noticed that Kahana left with that wig. Huh. Yeah. After winning last week's challenge, Lala was tasked with assigning different boxes to the remaining five queens, including herself. The boxes were filled with items inspired by past All-Stars winners, not all of them, and the queens had to create looks using those items. The pairings we landed on were all pretty fair, and they were Jessica Wilde with Kylie Sonique Love's box, Lala Ree with Shea Coulee's box, Candy Muse with Monet Exchange's box. Alexis Michelle with Trendy the Tux box and Jimbo with Trixie Mattel's box. Is that enough boxes for us? Um, before we get into it, <laughs> this question, huh, Joey, what, what would you put in a what would you put in a Jillian box? <laughs> this is another surprise Jillian addition to the script. Oh gosh, what would I put in a Jillian box? I would put. Um, a dead tree branch that I paint spray painted black. I would put um, the cracked face of a haunted doll that I made sure I took to like several uh, psychics to make sure to confirm it was cursed. Um, I would put probably like popcorn necklaces because I don't think you can do too much with popcorn um, because Jillian likes to, <laughs> Uh, consider like popcorn a nightly meal. <laughs> okay, you're leaving. You're leaving one part of it out. It has to be burned. It has to be burned. Um, that is apparently cooking for Jillian making popcorn, which <laughs> amuses me to know. No, it. I'm sorry. It's called microwave cooking. It's cooking. <laughs> okay. This, this this person's gonna say I'm bullying you again, but I'm actually these are like all of the yes. things that I am obsessed with about Jillian. This is not bullying. Um. So yeah, it would be a popcorn, it would be a dead tree branch spray painted black, 
porcelain faces of many haunted dolls and um like just endless amounts of purple fabric this person's not gonna be making much no the i i already know the first thing that you're gonna put into the joey box i have it written down so tell me wicker that's on the list yes Yes, three yards of wicker can you guess the other okay let's see i have one two three four five six things okay um so the first thing is wicker the second thing is multiple chains yes um is that one yes okay uh some like disney memorabilia Uh, mickey mouse ears okay mickey mouse ears um three more three more I mean, one is going to make up the bulk of the fabric. A blazer. I guess I'll give that to you. It was 20 black jackets of various (laughs) fabrics. Okay. um, Two more things. One is a a rectangular fabric with um, three colors on it. And the other one's a snack. The other two objects were an Italian flag and a bag of gluten free chips, just in case they get hungry while they're making their outfits. Chips are not, don't contain gluten. They don't? Oh, wow. What a treat for you. No wonder you're always snacking on them. (laughs) Wait, what is, what is, what's the rectangular thing? An Italian flag. Oh, I love that. Well, that was a wonderful little segment. Thank you for that surprise question, Jillian. That truly was um, a joy. I like to contribute sometimes. Yes, just sometimes. Speaking of contributing things, uh, Michelle Visage and RuPaul then did a workroom walkthrough. Oh, wait. Sorry. No, actually. Okay. I'm being told in my ear by Sammy, our producer, that that was um, Chanel and Raven, not Michelle Visage and RuPaul. But it, it was cute two people to see that Sammy Jessica could Wild. not identify because they have never watched <laughs> old seasons of Drag Race. Sorry, Sammy, Sammy producer Muse. Um, it was cute to see Jessica Wilde, though. I think have such a season two heavy episode because she had her little reunion with Raven. And then she also had Kylie's box, which it was just all kinds of season two vibes. Um, But why do we think Chanel stuck around for this? (laughs) Because I mean, look, she was a lip sync assassin. I get it. But like Chanel, like really, doesn't she have to get back to Las Vegas? Do we think that she stuck around or I think she traveled back and forth? Think she was oh. hiding in one of the boxes this whole time? That's what Chad Chad Michael's box is <laughs> full of Chanel. <laughs> I mean, hey, that was her. That was her All Stars partner. That's why she was there. She almost won. That's so funny. Yeah, Chanel was Chanel was actually the secret sixth box. <sighs> Outside of Chanel, how did we feel about there being another design challenge this season so far? Because I know you know how I feel about it, but how do you feel about these design challenges? Wait, I don't know if I do know how you feel about it. It's not a rusical. I, <laughs> I love design challenges. I think that it's just, this is where the show shines the most and it feels the most to me like I'm watching old school drag race when it's just the queens in a room just saying the most ridiculous things because they're all tired and they're all just kikiing and it's yeah. all just... It's just so funny to me. Like, what were what were some of the things like when Lala was trying to get somebody to buy her dress for five dollars, and 
the whole slapping and bantering about Candy's T words around during sex and then Jimbo's tucking technique. It's just nice to see them all just genuinely smiling and vibing and just laughing with each other. And I don't know. It just makes me feel like warm and fuzzy. Yeah, I get that. And I I do like design challenges for that reason. But I think because we already had one this season, I we had a theme on this one, but I wish that it had been differentiated a little bit more. Like I was thinking about you once suggested that they do it more like that um that show making the cut where they design something and then they like hand it over like they're actually like sketching it and then handing it over to a designer to make i think you pitched that once on a binge podcast which i think would be fun and what i was thinking was like if they're having like why not have the winners come back and say that they have to actually like make a look for that part like make a look in their their um design for that for the winner like make a look that incorporates both of their aesthetic, but like actually have to like do a mini makeover on the winner as well. I think that would be really cool and just something slightly different. That would have been really cool. Yes, I would love that. But I do. Yeah, I, I thank you for reminding me of my own brilliance in the past where I, I do think that Drag Race has reached the point where I think it would be so interesting to have like three design challenges throughout the season. But And then also maybe putting a cap on certain designers that they can go to because a lot of them go to the same designers. So sometimes you're seeing like the same designer design things, multiple things on one runway. And while a lot of the times, yeah, the queen has input on what they want. Sometimes it's like the designers work. So it kind of feels odd to me to, to judge some of those runway challenges based solely on what a designer is making for a queen and that's why I also like the design challenges because it's also their own creativity that's going into this and you're seeing their thought process unfold. But yeah, I think that it should be, and it would especially help the ones who can't really sew that much because it's like, like Mrs. Kasha Davis said a few weeks ago in her exit interview, she's like, it's 2023. She's like, RuPaul doesn't make her own clothes. I don't make my own clothes. She's like, it's just a skill that is just unnecessary for the level of drag that certain people are doing right now. So I but I do think it's important to see their creative vision. So yes, I think they should have their vision and then take it to a designer. A designer makes it like Drag Race has an in-house designer. They put a cap on how much you can spend on designers before the show. And then the show gives them that money to make those uh, clothes. Yeah. I think that that really would solve cool. a lot of Drag Race's issues. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's break down these looks on the runway. The Queens debuted one look each and the results were varied across the board. Uh, so let's all throw out the name and you tell me your impression of, of their look. Okay, Joey, okay. Jessica in her Kylie Sonique love inspired look. Uh, it was, it was cute. It was, it was cute. <laughs> the voice went up. It was. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, it was it was it was fine, but it was like it was. It was fine. It, yeah, it was fine. I love Jessica to death. I don't want to say anything negative, but she it just it was my least favorite look on of the night. I think. I mean, when RuPaul was like Jessica, like so excited yeah, about like, it, it's like, like okay, a nice really? summer like, dress, you know? Yeah, and she does a great job with a hot glue gun, but it just wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't knock me out of off. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Jimbo as Trixie Mattel. Uh, this is by far my favorite. This is so funny. It literally like, and I don't know if Jimbo did this on purpose, but like the bald for Trixie with, I I loved it. 
Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even yeah, put I that think together. That, I that's hope funny. that's why she did it. Um, but it was just, it was so funny, but it also looked really good. And the colors just, it, it was just, I mean, come on. Jimbo is just obliterating pretty much every challenge. And, uh, I agree, but I've seen some people that called for uh, this their bottom look. No. Which I, I, to me, it, it fit the bill so perfectly. Like this was the only one that truly, if you were playing a game and you just saw a picture of this, and you had to say, "Who do you is think? What queen do you think who, made this? And yes, what queen is inspired what was Jimbo, by?" You would know it was Trixie. You would know both. Yeah. And so this mm-hmm. was like just perfect when Jimbo in the workroom was asking like, oh, are we supposed to look like make something they would like? And then Alexis is like, no, it should be completely your aesthetic, but in their fabric. And that was yes. like exactly uh-huh. what Jimbo gave us. And, and although I will say the thought is making me laugh right now, imagining if this was exactly the same, but it was actually Jessica Wilde. <laughs> I mean, she would the pull it off. they had. During the lip sync thing is every time I think about it, I I like cannot fully think about it right now because I will not be able to talk with how hard I'm going to laugh. But when the lip sync assassin is being revealed and Jessica turns to Jimbo and is like, who is it? And Jimbo's like, I can't can't see. (laughs) It was hilarious. It was so funny. Um, Okay. Yeah. And then Jimbo going the wrong way on the stage. Everything about it was, it was perfect. Um, Okay. So Alexis as Trendy the Tuck. I think this comes down to a matter of taste. Like that sort of like, and I know you're going to, what you're going to say, because you said this to me when I first said it to you, you were like, well, you liked Kahana's looks. This sort of old school showgirly thing. I, I like it, this isn't terrible, but it's not like I just am not excited by it. I don't know. I don't know fashion. I'm not a fashion person, but it was well made in the amount of time. Like I can look at it and be like, okay, yeah, she did it. She did what she had to do in this amount of time. But I don't know. It's just I think the aesthetic is just not one that's just not for me. So I wasn't like blown away like everybody else was. Yeah, I mean that's that's happened to me with things that were. I don't know, like unquestionably the rest of the fandom loved and I just wasn't like for me. But this one to me, um, I, I did like it. I thought that it was definitely the most put together um, yes. of everyone's. And I thought it I thought it was pretty. It didn't scream Trinity, but I could see Trinity in it. I think it just would need to be like slightly sexier. And then it also didn't support um, Alexis's new identity of being a man pig <laughs> and, you know, slutty. So um, I would have liked it to be slightly like, I don't know, something more revealing, but I, I it, this was pretty to me. Um, okay. Lala as Shea Coulee. Yes. I think that, and I think that Lala and Candy, we can probably talk about in the same breath here because I, I mean, I think clearly, yes, they were probably of this whole group. I think their dresses were the least complex and that's probably why they landed in the bottom because i mean we saw that raja o'hara can literally make a dress that's just a little bit shorter than this uh, in 60 seconds for her talent show on all star six but i mean they were clean looks they were pretty they were um they fit well they i mean their makeup looked great so i mean yeah it looks like a dress that they would wear if they were like hosting at a bar like on the mic you know on a friday night but i think so you're, you're saying that for both lala and candy as Monet? yes yes i think that both of them had very simple designs i think they were the least complicated designs and they looked good they look they look pretty 
But I think yeah, I yeah. thought they, I thought they both looked pretty. I actually thought that Candy's makeup w- and with that light pink wig was stunning. Oh, I me thought too. It was like one of yeah. the prettiest mm-hmm. faces she's ever had. And so like, and especially with like kind of um, solemn, tearful she was Candy, crying, like just with that sweet legs. face. I was like, oh my god, you're beautiful. Yes. Oh yes, it looked like when that one tear is just streaming down her cheek, and she's looking up into the light. I was like, Candy, you know what you're doing at all times, and it's perfect. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, sadly, uh, well, not sadly, Alexis Michelle won I the challenge and sadly <laughs> Candy and Lala were, no, no, well to you, uh, with your lack of taste in this beautiful no. gown. No, Alexis Michelle won the challenge and Candy and Lala were in the bottom. Do, I mean, I, sounds like you don't agree. I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I probably, I might've put Jessica it's in the bottom. It's tough to say like, with maybe with agree Lala, I because I just, like, as I I've know. been saying this whole season, I just, I don't think anybody is doing like bad i i don't look at this group and say oh that's a bad dress there there's nobody in well, this yeah group but i mean bad. this is the format of the show like someone know, has to be in the I bottom know. so it can't just be like you know it that's just the show yeah, that we signed up for i guess yeah i i guess i can say that lala and candy i think probably were the bottom but they did not do poorly I don't yeah. think I would look at either yeah. one of those dresses no and be like, if there were 12 girls, I don't think I, you know, there probably would have been someone worse. Yeah. And I think if each of them had a refitting of their garment, it would be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, the most memorable thing from this episode, though, it has to be this culmination of a narrative that has been building all season because Alexis has had a crush on Lala this whole time, apparently. Last week, when Kahana and Alexis were in the bottom, though, Alexis pleaded with Lala to save her and said she would remember it if Lala ever landed in the bottom. Then in the workroom this week, Alexis told Lala again she wouldn't forget it. And she was like, I've got you, gal, or or something like that. But the gag of the season uh, happened when Alexis won the lip sync against Nikki Doll and pulled Lala's lipstick, which shocked Lala as she'll tell us coming up but all of the other queens also voted for lala so she would have gone home over candy either way now alexis has caught a lot of flack for this online so how do we feel about both alexis's handling of the situation and fans reacting to this because alexis did tweet the following morning that she thought it was a steak or, or <laughs> a mistake. <laughs> she thought it was a I steak and roast steak. chicken. Um, and later she replied to a comment saying she didn't want to piss RuPaul off by voting out candy. So how do we feel about how Alexis is handling this whole situation and how the fans are reacting to this situation, both capital and lowercase f? Well, I'm going to only address the capital F fans, um, which as we know on this show is the... The troublemaker fans that we don't agree with that are ruining the show for all of us. Um, So, I mean, I think that, like, I mean, first of all, it completely broke my heart. I loved Lala. This is one of the most joyful queens we've ever had on the show. Just like every moment is just like charisma and I just love her to death. So, very sad to see her go. Uh, That said, I, this is... TV drama. I think if like every time it were just always the person that you knew was going and it all went to plan, 
you know, okay. But, you know, as much as I hated Naomi's decision to send Manila because I loved Manila, like that was an iconic piece of TV history that like upped the stakes for this show forever. Um, so I think like in that regard, it made good TV to me. Um, I would have been also sad to see Candy go. And I, I, I think that I probably feel that Candy deserves to be in the top over Lala just based on what we've consistency of what we've seen. And I, I don't know if I am also letting too much of their previous season seep into that um, since it was pretty recent and she did so, so well on that season. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's like if, if there were no fan, if there was no way for us to share our opinions to any of these queens and their faces, um, I would love what Alexis did and stand by it. If this was just like a, a character on a fiction show, you know, that we would love yeah. to call her a villain now, I think it'd be a lot of fun. But I mean, in terms of the strategy of it, I don't think I fully understand. I mean, you were the one that called out. I don't remember if you said it on the podcast or just to me privately about Alexis's words seeming very deliberate. Yeah, I, I think that and me and Lala talk about this too in the interview coming up. But I think it, to me, it seemed like Alexis, and again, add this to the list of, you know, we're coming in towards the next elimination and the finale coming up. So we'll seemingly have another opportunity to talk to Alexis at some point. Um, we'll make sure to ask her about this. But uh, it seemed like she wasn't word for word saying lala because you saved me i am going to save you she was saying something that could be interpreted that that way without actually saying it like saying oh i won't forget i won't forget that you saved me which could if you want to get down to it just mean that she was saying like oh literally i will be able to recall from my memory the act of you saving me so I, <sighs> And I think that yeah. for somebody who is like, I enjoy watching Alexis Michelle, but I think that she, and we can talk a, a little bit about this when we get to one of the next points coming up. But I, all I will say is that I think there gets, there. there's a point with this format where it's become impossible for queens to operate or naturally and in a way that this format sort of begs them to. And it just creates problems yeah. for the queens, for the fans, for the producers. When somebody like Alexis Michelle, who is so... And I feel bad because she was so concerned about how she was going to come off this season after going really going through it on season nine. And it just seems like all of this self-policing that a lot of the queens do. Uh, this, yeah. this sort of self-policing becomes most detrimental to the queen herself in moments like this and the sort of yeah. going on social media and explaining it and doing whatever. And I'm like, I think you can look at somebody like Naomi Smalls who really just said, I don't give a fuck and stood by her decision and really just leaned into it. And there were people that, you know, were giving her shit for voting for Manila, but then there were also people that were like, yes, queen chaos queen. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, which road do you choose? So we can talk about this a little bit more when, um, we talk about the format later, but I just think yeah. it's like I said, I like Alexis. I think she's talented, but I just wish that we could see her, how she would operate in a format that was begging her to behave more naturally instead of one where she was sort of forced to police herself like this. 
Yeah. And, or even if you are making a decision for a ruthless matter or ruthless reason, being able to just say it. Like, like Naomi, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, whatever it was. Whether it's like, hey, I actually like still, like Candy told me that note would hold up if I picked her or just, I don't know, whatever yeah. it was. Well, I do want to say, I didn't notice this until Saturday morning when I was like watching the clips back. And when Alexis has her joke and she says, when I tell you this was the most difficult decision I've ever had to make, I'm not joking, bitch. And then it immediately cuts to a close-up of Lala in orange. <laughs> and I'm like, those yeah. editors deserve an Emmy for that. Like Coco Montreese, secret icon of the season between Snatch Game, birthing Kahana Montreese, and then this moment, I mean, just, I died. I died. I thought it was so funny. It was funny, but it was so, well, when you pointed this out, it was funny. In the moment, I just, I didn't understand why she said that. And then to, to Lala, instead of like, you know, Kahana's no longer there. This was... Coco's joke that Kahana said in Snatch Game. So it was just like so random, but I guess, uh, you know, sometimes you don't know what to say. And I think she was trying to maybe soften soften the blow that she knew was coming by maybe adding a comedic moment in there. So Yes. Like when uh, you're bullying me on this show. When I am bullying you constantly on this program. This program. Speaking of things I'm about to bully you over, we need to discuss <laughs> this lip sync between <laughs> Nikki doll. <laughs> Wait, I'm admittedly bullying you. Yes, you are. Um, you are let's bullying di- me. Let's discuss this lip sync. Cut that out. Let's discuss this lip sync between Nikki doll, uh, who I'm not sure if we can label an assassin after only ever winning a single lip sync, uh, and Alexis Michelle. The entire internet seemed to hate it, though enough so that Nikki doll actually tweeted reacting to fans shitting on it and said that the song choice was bad and she only likes listening to it in her headphones. Um, so let's talk about this. Why do you think fans hated it so much? I was bored to death both times I watched it, uh, but you wanted a moment to take the floor and explain why you thought this was a great lip sync. I, okay, so yeah, I, I, I was watching this and completely on our screener completely removed from anybody else's reaction and i was like huh okay this is fun like it was a song that we don't see lip synced on drag race very much like the style of song i thought that they were both sort of giving it as much as they could we love alexis michelle when she leans into this old school sort of vibe it's a vibe we've never really seen Nikki Doll lean into. And I liked their little like shimmies and like 60s go-go girl dance moves. And I just thought it was fun. I mean, I'm not... And I said this to you when you were bullying me the other day for saying that I thought that it was fun. I'm like, I'm not sitting here saying it's the best lip sync I've ever seen on Drag Race. But like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was different from what we you normally You said it was better than Sorry, Not Sorry. I did not say that, Jillian. You said it was better than Laganja Physical. Oh, fuck off. I did not say that. I did not say that. Uh, I, I think that it's, yeah, it's not going to go down as like one of my favorite 20 or 30 lip syncs in Drag Race history. But I mean, it was. I thought it was cute. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was the worst thing ever. Like, I'm not saying it's the worst in Drag Race history. But to me, like when Nikki started off, like actually strutting up and down the stage, I was like, oh, yeah, that's like more of what you need to be doing. And I thought she was... <laughs> going to win it. But I think that for a song like this, I needed more gags. Like I didn't need them ending up like it just felt like they both kind of ran out of gas. Like I think there could be something like this is when you do some kind of funny reveal or something. And I just think there are maybe other songs that from that same era that are just as fun that could have been better or just I don't know, done in a slightly different way. I, I want us to do another spoken word lip sync. Truly. 
Like, why did they just yes. do that one time and then fucking never again? Can you? Do we think that Jimbo would, <gasps> if it was the, what was it, Old McDonald? The that only one time way they made them that do? Jimbo could win a lip sync. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm now predicting Jimbo wins this show by doing a spoken word. Oh, I hope so. Nursery <gasps> rhyme or something insane. Oh, that would be so fun. Okay, Jill, okay, Jilly and Terrorist just, I, I, you might have heard me laughing as she was uh, talking before. I was not. To my bully accuser, I was not bullying her by laughing at her answer. I was laughing because I read a little bit ahead of the script and Jillian did another addition um, to the script, unbeknownst to me, which I now have to scroll back into my phone for because Jillian and I do love a good rapid round of texting our reactions to things. And the note just says, Joey does a live reading of random text from Jillian Closet that turned out to be a voice-to-text butt dial of Alexis debating saving Lala or Candy in a duct. It was so funny. We're sitting there and we're discussing this episode and I get this insane text and I'm like, what the fuck is Jillian saying to me? I really did not understand it. So we're having a discussion about something else completely unrelated it has no like it is not about this current episode it's not about like we're just having a random conversation and jillian just responds to one of my texts and it says i don't neither i don't want to cry just cake and there's two things i need to air out one we have history we go back to new york we have shared family we are a new family but at w- but at what was a very very scary low point for me last week you said homeowner your closest julie is here to save me because you thought it was a fair thing to do and i said to you i will never forget that i am grateful for the rest of my life i will never forge this <laughs> And I just said, what? Jillian, what? I am screaming, Jillian, what? What is this? I am screaming. Oh, my God. Voice to text? And it wrote out untucked? <laughs> yeah. So, I accidentally I hit said, my- bringing this up on pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I accidentally hit my voice to text during Alexis <laughs> debating in front of Candy and Lala why she would save both. And that's how it interpreted it. So, Apple, get your, your shit together. Julie. Because that was not even close. <laughs> Good Judy's fuck good Judy's. It's now your closest Julie. Um, yes. So finally, with my closest Julie, I do want to talk about this format of All Stars Eight and the sort of divisiveness this format causes among the queens and fans of all capitalization styles. They, I, I just think that the queens are just all afraid of pissing off the fandom or their sisters. They just they're making decisions that don't feel organic. They're either protecting themselves or standing with the fans again, both capital and lowercase F. So do we think that this format needs to change? And do we think it's going to change? I don't know. I mean, we've been talking about this like as far back as on our, our all stars Two binge podcast, where we, where we interviewed Alaska and detox about it saying that, you know, in the moment, they were like, yeah, I'm only like, I'm caring about voting for my friend here and wasn't even thinking about like, what are the fans going to think about all this? And then, you know, the fans yeah. hated a lot of it. And so I think we've, it, it's become a conversation every season since then. And we've seen it, but I, I just really don't know what the answer is. If we, if we want the, like, do fans with capital F want this to be a show 
that's basically just the same as the regular drag race, except people come back with a glow up and they're doing all the same things. And RuPaul just makes the decision and then we can all just get mad at RuPaul and he doesn't give a shit what we say on social media or do we want this to be different and have kind of like a survivor vibe of people needing to form alliances and needing to make big decisions and really upping the drama? Um, I like it being different and I, and I, I don't know how to change it and still have it different enough and have it be in a way that they can still maybe make a decision. Maybe it's always got to be a group vote versus one person so that, you know, you're like bullying an entire cast if you have to go off on them. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate because I think this is really something that is leading to worse gameplay and worse TV a lot of times because people are so worried. But at the same time, I don't blame them. Like you don't want to ruin your career over something stupid. Like suddenly you're hated by everyone. So I don't know what to do. Yeah. I I think that's why I just go back to, um, I was obsessed with the format of All-Star 7, the all-winners format. I thought that that was, everybody got amazing screen time. Everybody had a really good narrative, the dynamic. I actually found myself being more interested in who was getting blocked versus who was going home because eliminations are like very final. We can, we talk about it one week and then the next week we just move on. There's a new element of the competition and that person is gone. You, they, the queens don't really have to answer for that unless it is something that is like a big dramatic vote that was unexpected. But pretty much all of these queens are like aligning together because they're all thinking the same thing. Like who is going to be the least problematic person to kick off or, or, or the least problematic decision in the fandom's eyes? That's pretty much what I think they're doing every week. And with the all winners format, those people who make the decisions of blocking have to answer for those decisions the following week because they're still in the competition with the queen that they blocked. So I found that to be much more exciting. And I think a smaller number of queens, I think you're really going to run into issues going forward of being able to get these older legacy queens to commit to newer seasons because the industry has changed so much. Drag Race fandom has changed so much they're scared and they're scared that they're going to go home. They're going to spend all this money and they're going to go home first and ensuring that they're going to be there for an entire season, more twists like the fame games or like what Raja won last year, the, uh, you know, winner of the losers, uh, <laughs> bottom four, like, well, and I, I didn't mean losers. I meant like the, the Queens who had been eliminated, like when they talk all the Queens that weren't going to win and then did the lip syncs yeah. among them. And Raja won that. I mean, I think, you have to incentivize these people in different ways and saying, okay, yeah, you're going to be on for every single episode. You're not going to be eliminated. I think that that's great. And I think it would really come down to who is on it. And I think like you said, a much smaller cast. I really don't want that with 12 Queens. I wouldn't have wanted it with either. I mean, I think even if it was like 12 Queens, I love, I think that's just still too many. I think it needs to be a reduced amount. And I think it has to be, I don't want to say no duds, but people that really want to be there are ready to be there, have the attitude to be there. And then, okay, you're either, unless you quit, you're not eliminated and you could be blocked or whatever. Because I mean, I just really think that's why it worked with all winners because it was people that I didn't want anyone to be eliminated from all winners. So it was exciting to see them each week. But I just, thinking back of all the other all-stars cast, I think there's always a couple people that I'm like, well, I, I can probably live without that person 
continuing. I mean, but you know, that's that's completely subjective. We all have our different queens for our own taste. So maybe that does make it fair. Well, like you said the other day, I think I would love to see a format like when America's Next Top Models started getting up there in seasons, they started doing these weird themed seasons like they started doing british versus american college edition uh there was another one what was the other one um, oh they're all they're all-star season like they started doing these themes so i think it could be interesting to see eight like you said miscongenialities or eight first outs or eight runner-ups uh, you know these people that where there's a unifying theme that makes it feel like there's a significance to it and I think that that would I you you also suggested snatch game winners and I'm just like every challenge is snatch game every week yeah. and they have to do ten different snatch game characters so yeah but I think I think the format is I mean it's been the same since what All Stars two well they introduced right? lips the well, lip sync assassins, assassins and then yeah yeah but otherwise like general voting but the lipstick pulling has been I mean the and same. then we've had the All Stars 3 twist of the other the out queens coming back to say who's in the top 2 I guess we yeah. that could out we don't know there could be some gag in the next couple of episodes but yeah for the mm. most part we get the fame games, which I hope you understand. Oh, by the way, I understand them now, but the fame games did not show up in my wait. Where, where <laughs> I haven't seen the fame. I could not find the fame games this week. Where do they play them after the main episode or after Untucked? <laughs> I rewound because isn't it after Untucked? And I rewound. I have not yes, seen the fame games. I couldn't untucked. find them. They're not it's in my Untucked. untucked. Well, maybe this fame games they didn't have because it was a design challenge. Oh. yes you're eliminated but you still have to make you still have to make an outfit which actually i would like to see all of the eliminated queens in one room making their their winner boxes oh and then the winner boxes from winners who didn't make the main show so it would be like alaska who else chad chad that's it of the all star. I mean, unless you do the all stars. Well, yeah, and then all stars versus the worlds. Okay, I do deserve to get bullied for that one. I literally yeah. re- kept rewinding and talk to try to find it. You really <laughs> don't. There is no facet of the fame games that Jillian understands. Bitch, oh. yeah, girl. You sure? You can't ask for better energy to head into our next segment. So strap into that golf cart and get ready for a fun ride ahead as we chat with Lala Ria about this week's rocky road of drag race twists, including her reaction to Alexis voting for her, where her relationship with Alexis stands now, whether she initially wanted to vote Alexis out last week or not. And she also reveals a status update on potential new Sherry Coleman content. It is all coming right up. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam.
Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast. And that's not the rush of stolen makeup from the lipstick voting room coursing through your veins. That is pure electricity in the air because we're currently deeply immersed in the experience with a trademark symbol next to it. I really thought my next guest had All Stars 8 in the bag, but she is proof that you can still fill your purse with coins no matter where you place on Drag Race because she is excellence personified. Please welcome to the show, Miss Lala. Hey, Lala, how are you? I love that intro. I'm going to put that in my face, show, honey. Hi, Joey. How are you, love? <laughs> oh, I'm doing so well. It is always, I'm always so excited to talk with you, Lala. You are just such a joy. And I feel like my joy has now been stolen now that you are not going to be on All Stars 8 any longer. But I hope that you are proud of what you've done because you did so well on this season. Yeah, no, I'm actually underneath my bed right now, um, eating ice cream <laughs> Oreos <laughs> in the wig that I got sent home in. No, no, <laughs> no. no. I'm having the best time of my life. Uh, I am honestly and truly in a great place. Um, I enjoyed my entire time on Direct Race All Stars 8. So I have nothing to complain about other than the fact that I would never trust a drag queen like I stated in the beginning of the season. <laughs> yes. Oh, and we are going to get to that. I hope that you yes. are ready to discuss that. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but yes. first, I need to know. If we are going to get any Sherry Coleman content coming up, is there a spinoff or web content in the works with her? Yes, I actually uh, work with my team to like figure out the logistics of all that and get like, you know, a script together and stuff like that. I am planning on releasing more Sherry Coleman. Uh, I didn't realize that Sherry Coleman was that funny, honey, or Sharisha, (laughs) the shy is silent. Oh man, <laughs> was that uh, was that funny? Looking back at it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Because I was legit just in the moment, like just having fun, um, and I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> didn't know where you were driving. Clearly, <laughs> nothing, nothing. But here we are. <laughs> it was such a brilliant performance, Lala. I just I loved it so much. You were so so good. Um, but I also want to ask you about something else from last week, which I thought was so funny. The moment that you pulled out the Asia O'Hara's Drag Race DVD <laughs> from your bootleg look. Did you tell anybody that you were going to do that, or was that like a surprise on the runway? That was a surprise on the runway. Uh, I think RuPaul kind of gagged. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just go next to it. It is Asia O'Hara's Drag Race, you know? <laughs> yes, it truly is. Did you did you hear from Asia about that? I have not yet. Um, I, I'm waiting to see what she has to say about it. <laughs> Oh, it was so funny. Lala, it was just such a smart move. I loved it so much. Let's move on to this week. I mean, it was, I feel like it's the design challenges have such an interesting history with certain queens because you did, I mean, the first one, we know that it created the bag look, which then became an iconic thing in itself. And then you did so well on the design challenge this season earlier. Mm -hmm. And this look, I thought it was like, it was a very clean look. I thought it was pretty. I think we can all agree that nobody did horrible on this challenge, but Mm -hmm. it made me think of, like I said, that past design challenge this season, there were so many bags on that set, Lala, for that first design challenge. Did you attempt or start to devise doing a bag look for the first design challenge on All-Stars 8? No, honestly, I was really trying to get away <laughs> from the bag look. So I told myself, listen, I really want to have this do with bags this season. Uh, and that's such an iconic look. You, you don't want to mess up history, okay? You do not want to mess with history. So I left the back look where it's at and I let it be and I wanted to create something more fashionable, I guess. 
oh, now she's trying to get away from the bags. Yes, she is trying <laughs> to get away from the bags. <laughs> I love that. I love it. You're, you don't want to mess with history. That is true because that that yeah. look is history. Um, so after this this challenge, like I said, the look. It was pretty. It was clean. I thought you looked gorgeous. Nobody did bad in this. I don't think that, and I think we've been running into this pretty consistently throughout All Stars 8, that it's like the bottom is just, it's like there's people that the judges think are doing super excellent. And then it's like whoever is just not in that category just ends up in the bottom in their eyes because they don't think you or Candy did poorly on this challenge. Like you both looked beautiful. Um, But then we get to the bottom and it's you and Candy. And you said that you felt that you were confident that Alexis would save you because you saved her last week. So I'm wondering, were you initially going to vote for Alexis to leave last week before that conversation that you had with her? And did that conversation with her last week change your mind? Yeah. Um, oh. Initially, um, initially, I was going to, of course, keep my sister Kahana because I love Kahana. Me and Kahana had a strong bond. Um, even though she had been in the bottom four times, I was also thinking... If she continues to be in the bottom, I can work my way to the top. I can use my sister to work my way to a win. But I knew that the fair thing was I am a very competitive person and I want to beat the best of the best. So I end up going with Alexis because I'm like, okay, if I can beat out all these good girls, child, that says a lot about who I am. Um, yeah. However, <laughs> oh, her, no. continue, her continuing to tell me over and over and over and over that you know, she's going to remember, you know, that and, you know, she's going to save me, blah, blah, blah. And for her to do what she did, it was just like, oh, this is why I said if it's uh, quite like a duck, while like a duck, it must be a pit bull. That's a prime example. <laughs> well, you, because I mean, you did, I thought that you're, and nobody, at least we didn't see on the show anybody really picking up on this or, or or talking to you about it, is that you were pretty open from the beginning, as we don't see many people doing on All Stars, of just saying, I'm just voting how I feel. I'm not going based on track record. I'm just voting however I feel in the moment. Anybody actually come to you and say to you, like, Lala, like, maybe we should not say this since we're in an alliance and that might put a target on your back? <laughs> no, nobody said that. You know, I just thought about that. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe I should have not said that because maybe they can say the same thing. Well, I don't know how I feel. <laughs> this is me being so real. I'm just so real all the time. Uh, but no, nobody yeah. never said anything about it. Uh, maybe they was just waiting for the moment for me to be in the bottom so they could just send me home because they're like, like well, girl, remember you said, said that she just vote how I feel. feel. So they have how I feel. And you're yeah, out of here, I mean, that is interesting to know, though, that the conversation with Alexis did change your mind, like that you were going to vote her out so i mean alexis did, i did notice as you said alexis kept saying that she wouldn't forget that you saved her but the wording like now that i'm looking back at it it's like the wording felt very uh choice i don't know mm-hmm. if we heard her say this episode that she would not vote for you she just kept saying she wouldn't forget that you mm-hmm. saved her and that to me is not saying that's like literally saying like oh yeah i'll just i'll remember but I'm not saying that I'm going to save you. So did she ever explicitly tell you that she would not vote for you because you saved her? Um, and I think in a way, she was just trying to re- make you read between the lines. Like in a way, yeah. she was trying to say it, but not necessarily say it because she probably already had her plans, you know, you know, mm-hmm. concocted her head. I think I remember being in the workroom. I was like, you got me. And she said, yes, or something like that. I already knew I was going to be in the bottom. I knew that Alexa was a seamstress. 
I knew that Jimbo was a Pinterest and I knew that um, Jessica's good at a hot gun. Um, so that just left me and Candy needs to be in the bottom. So I knew I was going to be in the bottom. It wasn't a shocker. So I knew that, okay, let me, let me play my cards right. And I remember saying to her, you got me. And mm-hmm. she said, yes. Yeah. Well, she meant she got you in a different way. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I should have been a little more, you know, specific about that. <laughs> I mean, you did also say in this episode, you were like, this is what we signed up for. I know how the game yeah. goes. So, I mean, yeah. but how did you feel when it was revealed that she did vote for you? And what was the conversation, first conversation you had with her like, like after that? Are you guys okay now? Oh, she texted the other day. I haven't uh, replied yet. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no, we're all good. We're all good now. At the end of the day, like, um, it's a competition. Um, it's in that moment, of course, because I didn't want to go home. I had a mission to win $200,000. Um, but at the end of the day, it is a competition. Um, you're going to say what you have to say. You're going to do what you have to do to get to the top. This is the top five. Um, this is getting down to the nitty gritty. So let's go get these girls up out of here. Um, so, And I love all my sisters. Yeah, we have. I, we had. I had so much fun. So I still feel like a winner. I really, really enjoyed my entire time up until I packed my bags and left. Like I really, really enjoyed my entire time um, at at All Stars. So no That's bad great. blood. I still love her. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And I think that it's you know it's all good when we get to see you across what seven eight episodes on TV again. I mean, it's good for everybody, no matter how it yeah. ended. And you also won all that money for the lip sync last week. So, I mean, like, you know, you're walking away with some coin and fan favor. So, it yes. all works out. Yes, um, and I'm booked and blessed and busy. Yes. So, hey. It's all, it's as, it, as you should be. As <laughs> yeah. you should be. Um, but I do have to know, if if you knew then, last week, what you know now, would you still have voted Kahana out last week? No, I would say Alexa Cole. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Wait, no, uh, yes or no? <laughs> No, I honestly probably think I would have still kept Alexis. Like I said, that I am a very competitive person and I want to beat the best of the best. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I probably still kept Alexis. Well, Alexis also kept saying that she had a crush on you all season. So, did, did anything come from that? Clearly not. <laughs> Maybe I should just acted on the crush and show her a little lovey dubby. I would still be around. Honey. Oh my God. Miss my Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> she did say that she was going to cook you dinner and, like, did she ever cook you dinner after the show? No. no. And she said roasted chicken. Roasted chicken? <laughs> yeah, send me home. You know what? That was a good idea. <laughs> well, we have to put it out into the universe now. Alexis, Michelle, you owe La La Rie dinner. <laughs> yeah, but take me to Popeye's. I don't want to roast the chicken. I don't eat roasted chicken. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, let's speak that out into the universe. Right. Um, well, in Untucked, it, this episode, it was also revealed that Alexis asked Candy to be in an alliance in a note that she passed to her. Did you know about this note? Absolutely not. See, these girls had so many secret alliances going I know. on. Drama <laughs> within this season, child. I can't keep up. But no, that's I did crazy. not know anything about that. Okay. I don't think well, Candy was... knew about it. <laughs> he, well, I think that's, yeah, that's the, th- the the conversation. That's how it went. I think Candy was like, I just forgot about that. <laughs> okay, because clearly, because that, yeah, them arguing in the um, episode last week was just like, okay, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it was funny because I was talking to Kahana last week um, and she was saying, because I asked her, well, who else was like, because we keep hearing about secret alliances going on this season. And I was like, Kana, who else 
was in an alliance. And she was like, okay, so there was Lala, Jimbo, Heidi, Candy, Alexis. And I was like, wait a minute, Kahana. It's like, are you saying the entire cast was in an alliance? Which means there's no alliance. Right, exactly. It was no alliance. Like, I think people just throwing that word around because it's it's such a fancy word for all stars. But all in all, I really honestly feel like everybody was for themselves this season. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. It it did seem like that. But Heidi did seem to, at least in the first two episodes, we saw Heidi approaching a bunch of different people for alliances. And she did approach you for a side alliance early in the season after we already saw her establish one with Candy and Jimbo. So when she came up to you and asked you to be in an alliance, did you know about her other alliance with Jimbo and Candy? No, I did not. not at how all. did you feel when you saw that footage? When I, I was like, oh, girl, she was using me. Oh, the girls, I, this is what I think. Never trust a drag queen, honey. Yeah. Words to live by. <laughs> right. I mean, Tutu was just doing what she got to do, child. Like everybody else. Uh, it's a competition at the end of the day. It's a lot of money on the line. So the girls going to do what they need to do to get to mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite things this whole season was, besides Sherry Coleman, was <laughs> you every week taking something from the <laughs> lipstick room when voting. So I want to know, did you actually steal those things? Did you keep them? <laughs> I wish, honey. Production was not letting me get very far with those items, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to put them back? <laughs> put them back, yeah. They was like, uh, um, yes, la la turn around and um, empty your pocket. Okay, girl. <laughs> Because I almost had a warrant after my wrist by the third time, so. (laughs) (laughs) So we have the fame games, obviously, that's going on. Um, So what can you tease about your runways coming up and what they mean to you and why people should vote for you to be the fame games winner? Um, The runways coming up, it's going to be a glamour. (laughs) It's like Mm -hmm. glamour, darling. Um, And I feel like I've given great TV and entertainment this entire time I was there. Uh, even past the runways, like just overall, um, I have given like my heart and my all just to make sure that I entertain the fans each and every week. Um, and I feel like I've been like the light um, of the season amongst all the drama and all the craziness. Um, so keep that in the back of your mind, fans, yeah. when you vote for your doll. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I just want to say again, Lala, what a joy you have been to watch on both on season 13 and on this season. It's just been such a pleasure getting to know you on TV. And I really wish you nothing but the best because I know you're going to do great things after the show. Thank you so much, Joey. It's always a pleasure and a good time when I speak to you, darling. (laughs) Yes. Love talking to you so much and wish you the best, Lala. Thank you. Thank you. Unfortunately, Jilly and Closet and I have now accidentally locked ourselves inside Alaska's box and are currently attempting to saw our way out of it. As we bask in pitch black darkness, we ask for your thoughts and well wishes for our safe return home. Please send likes and subscriptions and positive comments for this podcast to ensure we make it out of Alaska's box alive. Actually, Joey, I kind of love it in here. Uh, I'll give you $10,000 if you let me stay for taxes. I'll transfer it to via PayPal. You just need to be here. You need to fucking be here. Well, anus thing is possible. We'll be back for another new episode of EW's Quick Drag next Tuesday. Until then, have Have a a blessed blessed night. night. Yeah, girl. You sure? 
Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh!